Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5x2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. This week, we'll be talking with Mike Jessup, who is the Director of Youth Ministry, as we discuss resilient faith as part of our Vision 28 to grow younger and deeper. So, Mike, thanks for uh, joining the podcast today. Can you just uh, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your role here at St. Peter's? Thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, I'm the Director of Youth Ministry. Uh, been here for almost five years, and I think I have the best job in the entire church. They pay me to get to hang out with teenagers and to help them grow in their faith. We get to play games and go on mission trips and just do all kinds of fun stuff. Well, that's your dream job, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that look at it as their nightmare job, right? Oh, yeah. The amount of people that, if you were to say, hey, go talk to a room full of 100 teenagers, I mean, they'd be mortified. Uh, But I'm the opposite. Like, adults? No, thank you, right? I'd rather you be a high school student. And yet you did a great job preaching to a couple hundred adults in church. Just pretend they're all 15-year-olds. All right, I get that. Now, Mike, there's a couple things that I just want to share with people, and one of the things we've found is that people really appreciate getting to know staff members. You came from Southern California, right? Yeah, so God has taken me on a journey. Uh, I grew up in Southern California, and then uh, after graduating Concordia Irvine in the DCE program, was an intern at Christ Greenfield in Arizona, so Southern California to the desert, and that's where I met my wife, Sarah, and she was born and raised in Arizona, and then God took us to Houston, Texas, and so while we were moving east, it was still hot, Uh, we just added some humidity, and then God said, hey, there's this place, Columbus, Indiana, Um, and I thought Sarah was going to kill me, but uh, we love it here. Well, excellent, but you're still wearing jackets even into June, right? Oh, yeah. Below 60, the wool socks come on. All right. Now, there's another interesting thing I think that people would appreciate. Mike, you swam uh, uh, for sports uh, growing up, and now you help with coaching swimming. Is that correct? Yeah. So I swam and played water polo through high school and college and just always been a passion of mine. And over the last three years, I've been blessed with the opportunity to be an assistant coach at East High School uh, for the boys and now helping out with the girls as well. And so that kind of gives you an opportunity to meet some kids outside of the church area that, you know, they can get to know you as a person, not just as the youth guy over there at St. Peter's. Yeah. So, I mean, first, it's a chance for me to just do something that I'm passionate about and love that's different and outside of the church. But at the same time, uh, you know, there's a chunk of students that are part of Venture, our youth group here that are on the swim team, but then there's a whole bunch that aren't. And I just get to be with them, get to know them, and be in their arena of life for a season. Yeah. One of the things we've talked about a couple times on the podcast is how we can, as Christians, have a great influence on folks just in our everyday life and our jobs or whatever. And it doesn't have to be specifically we're witnessing to them, but we're just, well, we are witnessing in our life just how we treat them. Yeah, I mean, if you can be the faithful example in wherever God has called you to be, his kingdom's going to go forward. You know, so I, I tell our high school students, not everyone was meant to be a pastor, a DCE, you know, work for the church. Now, some of you, God is going to call you to that, but he needs faithful engineers. He needs faithful supply chain management people, right? And then if you can bring God into those areas, imagine what he's going to do with his kingdom through you. 
And I think it's great, too, that, that we have coaches that are Christians, too, that are teaching the, the sportsmanship as well as trying to do your best, you know, because it's not just about winning, but it's about, you know, how do Christian kids witness their faith as they're in the pool or on the court? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, as we uh, brought Mike on, uh, we're now in a, a series of sermons uh, where Pastor John is introducing the Vision 28. That's where we'd like to be with our church in about five years. And there's been different aspects of that that he's brought up. Uh, we talked about growing deeper and growing younger. Uh, but then we have some some uh, components that, uh, that Pastor John's going to flesh out a little bit more. And one of those is resilient faith. And we brought Mike on here because Mike was very uh, very uh, intentional in what he's done with youth ministry uh, to, to work with uh, developing a resilient faith within kids, but also he's introduced us as a staff to some interesting books. Let's back up a little bit, though. Um, Mike, as you think about directing the youth ministry, what does it mean to you that our, our vision is to grow younger? You know, when I first heard of growing younger, uh, singing about my two and a half year old, right? And as she's uh, wanting to put her shoes on, um, it's a blessing that they're Velcro, uh, number one. But, um, you know, I'm not expecting her to know how to put her shoes on and to be able to do that every morning by herself, right? She, she wants to sit on the lowest stair in our house, and then she wants me to sit there with her and to be on her level as she's doing that. And so when I think about growing young, whether it's for, you know, the two and a half year olds to the high school students and even the college age young adults, the idea is how can we get on their level to share with them what we know? And so for us to grow young is to, to meet the next generation where they are as they continue to follow Jesus. Excellent, excellent point. So let's get into specific resilient faith. When you say that expression, what does that mean? Yeah, so I mean, resiliency is this idea that um, you can withstand a force coming against you, or if something is is hitting you, you will recover quickly and bounce back. And so with our faith, it's the idea that um, when challenges or opposition comes in our way, things that make us question and doubt, we're able to go, I'm not sure about this, but then I recover, I bounce back, I spring back. And so um, the idea of having a resilient faith is it's a faith that is rooted in, and established in Jesus so that when outside forces impact you, you're able to say, no, I, I still believe no matter what is going on. I think uh, I was at the youth banquet this last weekend, and it, it was it, it very impressive when young folks get up and, and share their testimonies. But I think that I heard in a lot of those what the kids would share is that they've had those times of doubt or questions or ups and downs, and yet they always have something to come back to. They always know they've got leaders they can talk to. They always have a faith that that um, knows the root in Jesus and that they can come back to Jesus. Is that something you work with them on, or is that something that's just grown organically in your youth? So we've been really intentional with having mentors. We call them Sherpas in youth ministry, that uh, no matter what is going on in a student's life, hopefully they know this Sherpa is there for them. And so that's been really intentional. Uh, but, you know, that, that piece of resiliency is 
is the part that's uh, community based, right? Um, is I may not know the answer to this and I'm struggling with this, but what I do know is I have this group of people who loves me. And so even as I wrestle through this, I can go here as this safe place, right? This is my grounding. And so youth ministry is just really focused on that community. And, and I think that's what you heard at the banquet. So, so there again, it's one of our other t- things that we're talking about, and we'll have another uh, guest on to talk about compelling community. That's a huge aspect of youth ministry is that compelling community. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk about, we want every student to be known. And so to be known is not just individually. Yes. Like we want to know your name and your gifting and all that stuff, but, uh, the call to live in biblical community is so strong throughout the Bible. And so um, students want to live in their tribes, and that's how they operate their lives. And so if youth ministry can be a healthy and safe tribe, uh, we feel like that, that that is the best way to set them up for as they follow Jesus in this stage. Um, so as we're talking about resilient faith, uh, Mike, I think it was, I think it was a couple of years now ago that, um, you kind of were sharing with some of the, the, of our staff here, um, sharing about a book called faith for exiles. And one of like the key things in there is, is resilient faith or resilient disciples. Um, and you know, you thought, you know, there's something really important, something, you know, some good, a good resource that you shared with us. Can you kind of just tell us a little bit about like what stood out to you, why you thought it was a good resource? Just kind of tell us a little bit about that book as well. Yeah. So, uh, Faith for Exiles came out of, uh, Barna Research and, uh, you know, it stood out to me because it kind of turned my world upside down, right? The, the basic idea of the book is that, um, we're living in exile. You know, the, the Judeo-Christian values that we we kind of almost assume are there and everyone believes it, it's just not there. And so uh, if we're actually living in exile, that means we have to operate a little bit differently. We have to develop resiliency with our faith. And so um, that book was just a complete 180 of we have to approach our kids and our teens differently because when they leave the space of church or even the space of your own home, they're encountering people that um, are either against them or just uh, kind of oblivious or ignorant to their beliefs and not necessarily all on the same page. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that goes back to, to the idea of growing younger. There's so many of the older generations that were used to the preferred status that church had, you know, where church, it was, you know, Everyone went to church, and we were a Christian nation. And I know that it's kind of started with everyone, oh, we're taking prayer out of schools. But, you know, it's, we are not in that Christian world, that Jerusalem, as you will, that we, that we some of us we grew up in. Now we're in more like a Babylon. That's the exile concept, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're living in a world that's completely different. And, and to grow young, um, our kids are having to deal with things that we didn't have to deal with. You know, one of the phrases is that 15 is the new 24, um, because our kids with, you know, the device that's in my front pocket right now, they have access to things that I didn't have access to until I was out of college. Um, you know, I remember having to go to school to do projects on current events and they would bring in a newspaper and that's how I would read and find out what was going on. You know, over a year ago when the Ukraine war happened, I remember talking to kids the next Sunday at youth group 
and they all knew about it from Instagram. And I'm like, well, where's your sources? And they're like, oh, it's some dude on Instagram. Uh, it's like, so to grow young, that 15 is the new 24, the world is different, even though we're talking about the same things. Right. Yeah, again, we were talking in the office the other day. We made the comment, you know, pulled up the encyclopedia, and people were going, what's an encyclopedia, <laughs> right? You know, so kids are going to Wikipedia if they need to do research or, you know, 10,000 other sources. So much easier than, you know, back when we were there. But, again, what your point is, it's, it's easier to do research, but it's so many more information sources just flooding in on them that they've got to sort through. Yeah, there's a little bit of information overload. And then there's also, um, you know, a bunch of armchair experts, right? They can fact check your sermon. They can fact check what is being taught at youth group. They can do that about anything and everything. And so uh, part of the struggle with that then is, are they, actually, are they evaluating the sources where they're getting this information, right? And that's part of resilient faith is as I'm getting challenged with things and I want to figure out well, what do I believe and why do I believe it, where am I going for my source of truth? Uh, John also, Pastor John, brought that up in his uh, Bible class last week. He, he mentioned the same book by David Kinnaman called Faith for Exiles. It's an excellent book for, for any of you that are listening, if you want to kind of understand where society is now. Uh, those of us that have grown up in the church may not have the, the same understanding that a lot of the folks in our society have because we've had that community around us. We've had that compelling community that's kept us close to Christ. But so many people now don't even know who Jesus is. Other than a curse word, right? Um, uh, we have a lot of folks in our society that have never stepped inside of a church, not even for weddings, because now they've been to destination weddings and backyard weddings, but they've never actually been in a church building. Yeah, and it can almost be a little scary, right, to think about that of, oh my goodness, what are we living in? But at the same time, you can go, what an opportunity, right? All of these people that don't know about Jesus, uh, haven't been inside of a church, like let, let's help change your life and show you the abundant life that he promises. Yeah, I was, I was about to say the exact same thing, Mike, because when you said like it kind of flipped, you know, 180, it's like, because that, be, that can be intimidating or scary. Um, but to your point, like it's just, I think it's an amazing opportunity that God has placed in front of us that, you know, we have, we need to, equip ourselves obviously and equip one another. Um, but yeah, like to your point, like what an opportunity we have to share the gospel with people. And it may have to look a little bit different to your point too, of like how, how we've done it. And that's again, can be a scary thing, but it also can be a very exciting thing of, you know, how, just how is God going to work? And, you know, I've mentioned this a few times on the, the podcast about the joining Jesus series that we did the Greg Finke book, a couple year, year and a half, two years ago, whatever it was, but God's already at work and we just got to look for those opportunities where he is and join him. It's not us, you know, it's, it's, it's all God, but just joining him where he's already at work. Yeah. And, and another interesting thing, you know, I, as I think about changes, how the church has got to change, it used to be, we just tried to pump kids full of knowledge. We'll give them all the, all the, you know, let's memorize all these things. Let's get all this but we've never actually told them how to defend their faith, you know, so they can say what they believe. They can recite all the things, but when it comes to the rubber hitting the road, that resilient faith means more than just knowing 
Bible verses, and again, be careful again, Bible verses, memorizing Bible verses, very important. Yes. Our, our catechism gives us some great summaries, but like when we're talking to somebody that doesn't know Jesus, pulling out a proof text from the scriptures doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah, and I think the witness of your life, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, um, the witness of your life is going to be the most powerful thing. If you can exemplify what it means to follow Jesus every single day in every arena that he places you in, that's what's going to be the most powerful thing. So now and I, also I was going to add to that and yeah just sharing how Jesus has transformed and changed your life. I think that's that's it can be a very powerful thing that the spirit can work through as, as well. Yeah, I mean, so the youth banquet last weekend, you know, one of the things that I was texting to our kids as they were preparing is it's easy to to share your story, but sometimes you get caught up in it being your story. And so make sure that Jesus is the king of your story that you, you tell. And if we can all have that mindset as we're sharing our life and, and what's going on, um, he'll be glorified and he'll be made known. You know, another thing that, that I was just going to bring up uh, and I thought about as we were talking, and you said the testimony thing probably brings that into the forefront too, authenticity. You know, our world now can spot a fake. You know, that whole thing with, you know, we have the whole thing with fake news and fact-checking, but um, Christians that are Christians only on Sunday morning don't cut in our society. And so as I heard those kids they were they were authentic. I struggled with my faith, and and you go, well, where does that fit in a testimony? Well, if, in my life, that's true. Every one of us as Christians have got to say, yeah, I've had my doubts, I've had some ups and downs, and it's that authenticity in a compelling community where you can speak that, and people around you still love you and still walk beside you. Yeah, we just talked about this this last Sunday night at youth group um, in in First John, right? We know. Um, First John 1, 9, where it talks about, like, if, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will uh, forgive us, purify us from all of our sin. But the, a couple of verses before that, he talks about um, if we claim to have no sin, right, the truth is not in us. And, and we talked about it. It's not just this verbal claiming, but it's also this just if we pretend we don't have any sin, that we have it all together and we show up and look all tidy on Sundays— and then Monday through Saturday don't match up, right? And so we talked about the, that confession is good and confession is powerful. And, and we have to be these people that you're kind of hypocritical, right? Like, yeah, I'm a sinner and I'm forgiven because of what Jesus has done. And that doesn't mean I get to keep going on and doing all of these things. But it means I get to live knowing that as sin may happen in my life, I've got someone who's greater and more powerful, and the more honest and open I can be with myself, with Jesus, and then with safe people around me, so powerful. You work with those kids trying to develop that resilient faith. Um, is there any way that you can encourage young adults, old adults, those of us, all of us that want to grow younger, how do we develop that resilient faith? How can we become more resilient? You know, I think resiliency, it happens. We talked about community. You got to have a community. You got to have a place to fall back in, right? If you're just doing it by yourself, um, you will get knocked down and you need people to help pull you up. And so uh, I know that we have D groups and small groups. And, and I think this fall, right, there's some exciting things launching in that arena. And so any adults, right, like get in community, um, that is first and foremost. You know, the second thing, is, and it's kind of obvious, and 
it's, you got to get in the word, right? Uh, every student at the banquet sharing their testimony talked about how they eventually said, you know what, the, I have to get into the word and I have to see what Jesus is saying for myself. And then the last thing is ownership, right? It's resiliency is not going to be handed to you. And so we try to provide opportunities for students to begin owning their faith while they're kind of in the bubble of school and youth ministry so that when they go off to college and they're on their own, uh, as things come up, they can go, oh, I've already had to do that. Um, and so I, I have a little bit of confidence in what I need to do. And so, um, you know, when we go on mission trips, they all have roles and responsibilities of things to do. They, uh, you know, the students that gave testimonies, uh, they've all taught in youth group in front of their peers multiple times. And so they've had to speak in front of people. They've had to write a devotion and wrestle through scripture. And so the more ownership opportunities, the, the areas where our the rubber meets the road with our faith. The more we can do that for the next generation before we go and send them off, the more successful they will be. Awesome, awesome points there. And, you know, to tie it together with the title of the podcast, you know, the five by two, and I know you brought up a number of those in there, of you know, being in worship, spending time in the word, as you said, spending time in prayer, um, looking for those opportunities to then share that, share your faith through blessing others and meaningful conversations, all of those um, I think are obviously important and because we need to have that community, like you said, Mike, and we need to be equipped because if we, if we try to go out on mission by ourselves, a lot of times that can be very discouraging because like, well, well, if it didn't work or if we're not equipped because it, it's messy, it, it's very messy. Life is hard. Life is challenging and it's very messy. And we need to have that resilient faith as we go out and do that and being able to do that with other people. Cause I think, it makes it that much more enjoyable and, and it helps when you're you're going out on a mission together with a group of people instead of going out by yourself and coming back and then reporting. It's like, no, like let's go together and do this as a as a community of believers. Cause I think there's also, you know, to that point of you know, Jesus says that, you know, they will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. If we're showing that love for one another as a community, there's gonna that's that intriguing um, aspect to that, right? People like there's something different about this group of people, especially in today's day and age when people I think are looking is for that connection is, you know, they think maybe, um, cause everything can be so virtual or digital is it's this kind of, it can be this false sense of connection. And I'm not saying there's anything bad with those things, um, by themselves, but I think people are looking and desiring more of that face to face true community. And I think if we can have that biblical community that you mentioned earlier, Mike, that people are going to be drawn to that. You know, I, I think, again, as you think about youth ministry, you're in a deep community. You go off to college. You're in a, you're right in the midst of your tribe, as you say. A lot of times, I think, as young adults come back, they haven't been able to find that tribe in the church. And I think that's where, if we're going to, again, grow younger, we've got to find a way for community to happen for young adults, that they find that this is compelling community this is the folks that that can love me that can be uh, as my sherpas were right and so um i think that's a, a great thing as we're thinking for the future how do we build that community in our church yeah and i think a, a big challenge is um the opposite of 15 is the new 24 is that 
24 is the new 15 right. at the same time, right. right? That we've got 24 year olds that, uh, you know, the studies are out there. More of them after they graduate from college are still living at home and they don't, they don't mark off all of the boxes that would qualify for someone being, Hey, you are fully an adult yourself. And so, uh, we can't just let them graduate high school and say, Hey, now you're 18 and you're an adult. And so here's these here's what we do for adults at the church. You know, I think we have to start looking at that kind of young adult range a little bit differently and say, this is how we're going to invest in you with the biblical community, resilient faith, worship, prayer, blessing others, right? The the five by two approach now kind of has another group that we need to target. Excellent point. Mike, as we get close to our end, is there anything else you'd like to share while we're on the, while you're on the radio here? Oh man, radio! Uh, what's that? Yeah, I, I threw that out there on purpose so Dustin could give me a hard time. That's how I try to tell older folks what a podcast is. It's like radio used to be. You know, this the last thing about resilient faith is that um, oftentimes as adults we we know better, and it's not just we think we actually do because we've done it before. But if we want the next generation to develop a resilient faith, we have to be able to kind of hand over the keys to some things and watch them make some turns that we'd go, I wouldn't make that turn. And, and we have to let them make it and, and figure it out on their own and be that safe place to help them navigate, not just show them how to do it, but let them go and do it alongside them. You used the example earlier of your your daughter tying her shoes. Uh, while you're bringing that, uh, letting people make mistakes, how do we all learn to ride a bicycle? You know, you, as a parent, you ran behind, then you let go, and you knew they were going to fall, but they've got to fall to learn how to stay up. And so, again, we've got to have that growth mindset where a mistake, it's not a mistake, I didn't succeed the first time, so I'm going to try again. Awesome stuff, Mike. Thank you uh, so much uh, for joining us today. And, um, you know, we look forward to our, uh, these following episodes as we continue to discuss, you know, the five by two, but um, more specifically, as you talk about Vision 28 and growing younger and deeper in Christ. Now go out and serve God and others. <laughs> <laughs>